1: my co-host still Reagan. we're back here for part two of our 2022 nfl mock draft and uh if you miss part one well that's important so you may want to go back and listen to that one before you jump into part two here because um there are uh, eight players off the board already as we do every year we draft the first round one through uh 32 and we alternate picks um and we make trades if necessary but uh again dylan as we said in the last episode surprisingly no trades yet uh, we made a few trades last year i think early on but not this year uh, one through eight held to form and i guess we'll see uh, if there are going to be any trades period uh in this one because i think we always say it's hard to predict those things um but uh, i think we may have gotten one last year in terms of the team is going to trade up but uh at this point no trades yet to here as we get ready uh for uh the nine through 16 picks
0: yeah, I think if Malik Willis had fallen a little bit further, than I definitely was a little optimistic, or we'll see, optimistic about Malik Willis going to the lines number two. Don't know if that's actually going to happen. Just looking at where they're at, I felt like it could have made sense there. But yeah, if he if he were to fall past that second pick, I think you see a lot of teams like the Seahawks, uh, even the Saints. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, could move up to to draft a guy like him. It feels like that Kenny Pickett at six, as you as we mocked with. Um, to the, the Panthers feels like that one's going to happen. But the Willis one, that is the one wild card. But otherwise, yeah, I don't know. Cause hey, there's teams that um, as we'll get to if I've after you have the Seahawks coming up, I have the Jets at number 10. I feel like that's a great te- uh, candidate to possibly trade back. But I also look at the teams that who's going to trade up. And it's like, there's so many good players as everyone's talked about the depth of this draft you don't really need to jump six, seven spots to get a guy that's going to fill one of your needs depending on what um, when you're going to attack. So that lack of urgency, at least where we are in our mock, I think it tends to lead to at least at this point they're not being a trade we'll we'll find out but uh yeah i think yeah if you don't see it through those first eight picks in the actual draft then i think yeah this next little section we're about to do today i might just kind of stay uh stick to the board as it is right now obviously a lot of these picks that we are doing i think five of the of the eight had been traded at some point uh uh, to these uh, new teams so there was movement it just uh, has already happened
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes i was gonna say there were plenty of trades beforehand uh, in terms of uh, these picks being exchanged and we'll get to several of those here uh, coming up really in this range right here we've got what I think five you said I think it's five picks in this range that were um, Mm -hmm. you know picks coming from elsewhere so uh, all right, let's jump in Uh, we left off we won't spoil the entire one through eight but uh, again that gives you some incentive to go back but if you don't hear players and you're like wait a second are these guys uh, crazy and they're not drafting this guy chances are he was probably drafted uh, in the 1-8 the through eight range. But we will give away number 8 to say that we left off with uh, Kyle Hamilton going to the Atlanta Falcons. Dylan took him with the number 8 spots uh, for 1-7. through seven. Uh, Go back and check those out uh, if you want to continue to follow along in our mock draft. All right, number 9, it's to me. Uh, I have the odd picks here. Dylan has the evens. And uh, I am on the board here with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, who this pick came from the Broncos. And we had this discussion in the previous episode about would the Seahawks be a team maybe that moves up? They trade up to take a quarterback uh, perhaps in that one through, Mm -hmm. I don't know, obviously not one, but maybe in that four or five range somewhere in there with the Jets or the Giants. Uh, We talked about that possibility, but because they're staying here, uh, I've mentioned you know the intrigue with Matt Corral and the Seahawks feels like a nice fit, but I just don't think that they're going to go that route here at number nine. I think it's one of those situations where Look, if the board has not fallen the way they want it, although I still think there's going to be plenty of talent available here, and I don't really know that there's any reason for them to move back unless they are just Mm -hmm. so set on Corral and knowing that, um, you know, let's say that that's who they want, and they know they can get him not at 9, they can get him at 15 or something, then I think that makes uh, sense to move back. But we're going to leave him here at 9, and I think it's because we're going to try to improve the defense a little bit. Um, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State is the pick for the Seahawks here at nine. I think he's one you've seen a lot of spots. Um, Still and I were talking before we started recording. I mean, clearly, look, I mean, they they need help in that area, and they need help in that area because of who they're playing against uh, in the division, right? Because they have the Rams' (laughs) offense to combat. Uh, They have the Cardinals' offense to combat. Um, You know, we don't exactly know what the Niners are going to look like, but – we have a pretty good idea uh, in terms of they need to be able to, uh, you know, make some ground up there uh, given the offenses that are in that division. And so uh, I think taking someone like Jermaine Johnson, played at Florida State, came from Georgia, um, you know, just a really good talent. And clearly I think the type of player that would fit in well there uh, and give them, you know, a really good uh, rusher on that side. And that's what they need, I think. So we'll go defense here for the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, I think that one makes sense uh, given how the draft has fallen a lot we've already taken and uh, you know we haven't mentioned all the names but we've already taken a few of uh, these top pass yep. rushers uh, three of them so far early on in the first 8 picks so now yeah we we know this draft is going to be really heavy in terms of the amount of these solid pass rushers you're going to have, and it's a premium position. Obviously, they have Daryl Taylor on the other side. Now you get these two guys together. I think that's a really great combo. Um, definitely an impressive player. Uh, you know, not not the biggest guy, but so much speed on the outside. Uh, he's tall, but in terms of his weight, um, three. Yeah, I can definitely be on the field for three downs. It just makes a lot of sense given where Seattle is in this part of the draft because they do have a lot of needs. I wouldn't say, you know, given. Um, not just quarterback. I do think there's some upgrades in the roster that are needed outside of maybe you could say receiver given the the duo that they have there. So you look at some of the guys that are available here, offensive line maybe was one of the other needs I would have looked at. If Kyle Hamilton had still been there, you you, you start to imagine what he could mean for that secondary for years to come. But I think given how the draft went, defensive end and this division, like you said, they're going to need to get some pressure on, on the passer, especially when they face the Rams, a team that they've really struggled with. And Yes, maybe they could double down with an offensive lineman here on, on their ground-and-pound uh, kind of style that we've seen lately for them, especially uh, now uh, that might even become more more the case given that, uh, that Russell Wilson's gone. But, yeah, I just think this guy makes a ton of sense for this spot. Comparables that uh, the ringer compared him to Preston Smith. So if you get that kind of player there, I think Seattle's going to be really happy with him at number nine.
1: All right, there are the Seahawks uh, at number nine. Now we move to the New York Jets at 10. And, of course, uh, Jets have already had one pick from Dillon at four. Uh, The Jets and Giants, both uh, with what, I guess, uh, combined four picks now through the top ten picks. Um, That is uh, how it's going to fall this year again, minus trades, which we did talk about that. The Jets and Giants do have some incentive there uh, at four and five to trade down because they do have picks elsewhere at seven and ten. Uh, respectively so that is something to keep in mind here um, when we talk about teams that are going to trade up potentially and that's where things uh, I think Dylan mentioned it the Malik Willis aspect I think is where a lot of that could come into play at four and five but we left them there and we're leaving both teams uh, here it seems to take uh, their picks uh, multiple picks in the top 10 so the Jets from the Seahawks uh, this is where this pick came from Uh, where are you going Dylan?
0: Yeah, it's a tough one because uh, a lot of mocks, and I think even uh, maybe they're flashier positions, but a lot of mock uh, so fans might want to go this way, but a lot of mocks do have the Jets in these two picks taking some combination of a corner and a receiver. I took Trayvon Walker with their fourth overall pick for the Jets there. I think uh, good value there is a guy that has really risen up all of the draft boards, and at this point it's going to be really surprising if he doesn't go in that first uh, six, seven picks or so. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so he, I feel like a, a really solid addition there along the defensive line for them. But now I'm in a, a great position where this is why I said they're a team that could have been willing to trade back, because there's a lot of we still have the top two corners, uh, most draft boards available. We still have all the receiving talent available. Um it's a tougher one for me because of that because it's just there's a lot of great options. And then also between the two corners, depending on who you uh, ask and who you look at and what big boards you look at from different places, you're going to have uh, the two guys there, Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, and Derek Stingley ranked separate, uh, differently. Some have them a lot higher than the other, um, and it really just depends on the, the place you're looking at. So uh, I think I'm going to go corner. I think it fits a little more of what at this point, where the Jets should be adding and what they should look at as their biggest needs. I mean, they, they still need a receiver, but I think defensive back is really, really important for them at this spot. And oh man, as much as I want to go with Sauce Gardner, I think I'm going to stick with the guy that, you know, going into last college football season was thought of as the clear cut number one corner option. Again, now I'm just looking all over the place. A lot of people have Omar Gardner ranked higher, but I'm going to stick with Derek Stingley here. I don't think that, I mean, the Jets should be really happy with him. A really f- big physical corner. I know at times they're not the, uh, you know, snap to snap. Didn't have the greatest uh, season last year uh, for LSU, but I think the upside for him and the, the build of this guy, and he's, he's obviously a, just a ridiculous athlete, The speed. I mean, he has the, all of the looks of the, the classic corner that you want. So, uh, you know, Maude Gardner, I would be really happy if I'm a Jets fan if I get him, but I'm going to stick with uh, Stingley here at number 10. Yeah
1: yeah I was gonna say he's one we kept talking about. it's like man he keeps he keeps sliding down the board here and um, I think I even talked about like I was considering him at three with the Texans uh ultimately went offensive line there, but yeah, I mean, he's someone I think that i mean you could probably say that about a lot of these guys, but I think he he could be one that has a pretty wide range here in terms of like I mentioned, I could certainly see the Texans who have a million needs as we talked about in the previous episode. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they were to, to go that route uh, mm-hmm. with someone like Stingley, maybe at three. And again, that that changes how things play out from there. But I, I think if you're the Jets, um, you're pretty happy if you can get Walker and Stingley. Like if you, which I know we just gave away another pick, but um, still, I think that's I think that's a pretty good scenario. And mm-hmm. I, I really think at this point, we're ten picks in. I mean, if you're the Jets and the Giants, you look at what they've what we've achieved with these two. Yeah. You're on the way back up, uh, New York squads. Uh, if, if you can get, I think, the, the duos for each that we picked here, um, I think you're in great shape. So um, if, they, if this is the way the board falls for the Jets and the Giants, I think they have to be very pleased um, for sure. So, yeah, I like Stingley, a uh, really good player, and I think that would be a, a nice spot for him uh, playing for a, a defensive-minded head coach too. So, uh, all right, to the commanders <laughs> yes. for the first time ever on established the past the Washington <laughs> commanders are gonna make a pick in the mock draft um boy this is one too where it's like you talk about Gardner like he's still out there and I'm looking mm-hmm. at this and I'm like man it would make I mean he's probably I mean I, I think there's another guy in the mix too but he's clearly one of the top two players on the board right now I think um but you know I I look at this Washington situation I'm like I feel like they're is is another position in particular they need more um but it's like do you pass up on the best player or do you maybe go a different direction here and
0: so i have a scenario to bring up real quick because i do think the vikings really want one of those top corners they're the next pick after yeah. this i don't know what they would give up but do you think the yeah. washington if they played their cards right could get another pick out of minnesota to move up one spot if they really convince them they're going to go for sauce Gardner? i, mean, I don't know
1: <laughs> I know that's that's a possibility because you know, like Ron Rivera, you could see him really going that direction here and just being like, "Hey, look, I, I mean, I could see that." Because let, let's just flat out say it: like we all we all see and hear all that. Like everyone, I think believes that Washington's going to go wide receiver here at eleven. I think there's a strong, there's a lot of people who are pointing, thinking mm-hmm. that they they're going to go wide receiver here. <sighs> I mean, and with the Terry McLaurin stuff, like, what, talking about the contract and all this other, I mean, which we, we know this stuff usually gets worked out just fine, but, um, that's the, that's the issue, I think, mm-hmm. at this point. I'm like, I don't know that I would love them to go wide receiver here, and I am the one picking, so I'm like, mm. <laughs> um, but like you said, if you, if you, if you have some incentive there for the Vikings and maybe you move up, um, I, I may do that just to prevent – let's make it happen. All right, we're (laughs) going to do Vikings (laughs) moving up to 11. There you go, because this way it takes the decision out of my hands, and this way I can just – I can make it a lot easier at 12. So you're moving up to 11. You're going to have the number 11 pick with the Vikings, and you just said a pretty clear choice, I think, for the Vikings at that point.
0: Yeah, I think Sauce Gardner has to fall in there um, for Minnesota. I'm I'm looking at their – I was trying to really quickly bring up the, the picks that the Vikings have. To give up here you know to move up that one spot we've seen sometimes it it takes a a higher draft pick i don't know if i think a third rounder is probably i wouldn't do that if i were minnesota maybe if they really were lucky so i don't know if it's a future third pick something like that or even they have a a fifth rounder they can do a fifth and a sixth maybe too just given that they i'm trying to think like the negotiating side of both (laughs) let's do this
1: let's do this i'm just going to take a wide receiver at 11 and then that way it doesn't because, again, I think I'm probably – even if you trade up, I'm still going to take a wide receiver probably. So let's just – let's go that route. So I'm going to say Washington stays at 11. Let's let let's switch it here. <laughs> so I'll go good. wide receiver. That way it makes it a lot less. Because, again, even if we make this this trade, I'm probably – I'll just – I'll go wide receiver here because I think this is – I would not go this direction, but I think this is probably the direction they're going to go in. Um, so with that said – uh but i keep i keep saying that i'm like i know ron rivera though and i just don't i don't know if he could pass up a guy like that and just say man i don't know that's a tough one though uh all right you know what we're gonna reverse it again vikings trading up let's let's make the trade we're gonna go future third round pick all right that's the deal sure future third rounder um vikings trade up to 11 um and then yeah we'll the Washington uh, that that way I don't feel as bad about not picking Gardner uh, that's that's what we're going for here so um <laughs> that's there you go so that's Perfect. a big win for the Vikings so so you're
0: making the 11th pick so am I now the Commanders pick am I the well, even is I'll, that how we're <laughs> I'll
1: be well here's what we'll do so. We'll say that because that was initially your team, you're making the pick at okay. 11. I will make 12 and 13 now. So um, <laughs> let's just do it that way. I don't remember how we did it last year, but that's what we're going to do for this one. So um, so there you go. Vikings get a big win here, I think, um, going this route. And, and like I said, I think there's a, a good scenario where they could probably still do that, staying at 12. But we're going to do that just for the the exercise of this mock draft. Perfect. We're going to move them up a spot. Um, so... There you go. Gardner goes to the Vikings, um, a nice spot there, and, and that's going to make my choice. Like I said, I, I'll go wide receiver just because I think there's a good chance that happens, uh, and I think of the duo, you know, for a lot of people, it's probably going to – well, I say it's a duo. I think it's probably a three-man. I think it's either Jameson Williams. I think it's um, Drake London or Garrett Wilson. Yep. Oh, uh, And that's where the discussion comes in. Because, look, I mean, they, they, they've got a quarterback now, as we've said, that quite frankly needs – need some help. And he's got Terry McLaurin, but they need more help than that. Um boy. Now you know who I'm going to lean towards just based off of my <laughs> my bias of who I've watched. Um and that's the SEC guy, Jameson Williams, but uh, Drake London is really good and you know, I mm, and I know everybody like wants to play the the fantasy game of well, let's pair one Ohio State receiver up with another And take Wilson. I don't. We've seen it. We've said before. I don't. I don't think it's going to work that way. Um, I think I will go. I will go Drake London here. Wow. Um, I I think. you know that's hard for me (laughs) because, as I said, as someone who watched a lot of James Williams, that's hard for me to do. But um, I don't know. I just think London's really good. I think he's. You know. I really think he's one that's. Um yeah like I, I just think he's a he's a fantastic like, again watching him play and um because i mean look at the, the injury too we always talk about injuries and how they play into that i mean really that's that's the case for both guys right uh in that scenario where you know williams gets injured and london's coming back from the what was it an ankle injury i mm-hmm. think yep. um so i don't think that really you know affects all that much so yeah i'm gonna go london here i, I feel pretty good about that pick i don't know that you know, they have the quarterback to be able to, to put him in the best spot to succeed right away. But I think if you have Terry McLaurin and Drake London as your one-two receivers, that can give you some incentive yeah. if you do eventually you know, try to make the right move quarterback-wise. Which, again, I, I've, I have nothing against Carson Wentz, but I don't think that's it. Um, I think that that eventually can entice someone, though, to to feel pretty good about the future Uh, if you're looking at those two uh, at wide receiver
0: and i really like the 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 different uh, skill sets those guys have you know terry mclaurin's one of the best route runners we talked about how he's had i forget the exact stat but one of the the worst um uh, lowest level of catchable balls thrown to him in his career of any of these top receivers in the league he just consistently is winning and not getting the opportunities that some of these other guys do with better qbs so you have someone like that that's just so technically sound and not that drake london isn't but this man is just a like a, I mean, he did quite literally play above the rim at, at USC and in high school. He was dominant at Moore Park, and um, yeah, this guy's crazy. So, I mean, you have—I wouldn't say Mike Evans is a fair assumption to say he can be like that because Mike Evans is one of the best receivers in the league. But the build and you look at him, maybe Michael Pittman, another USC guy, someone I look at too. The skill sets are kind of similar, the size and all the things. Just really big catch radius, which is going to help a lot. Not again. Not trying to shade Carson Wentz, but I think having any any quarterback's really going to benefit from a ball winner like that. Can just jump jump up, no matter if the if he's open or not, and make a play over a corner. He already has that build and the height and everything, and he's also got you know really good quickness off the line of scrimmage. I think uh, I will not be surprised at all if he ends up being the first receiver taken as we have here in this mock draft. But I, I do think just that the idea of seeing him at the X and uh, with. Uh, with Terry McLaurin across from him and different things that can be built with that offense with those two guys, whether it be this year or in the future. Yeah, it does start to look pretty enticing, and I I think it makes sense here. Now now we got that future third-round pick. Maybe they can help them trade up to get a QB in next year's draft. Who knows?
1: (laughs) I'll I'll get back to you on who I'm going to take with the third-round pick uh, for next season, but for now, uh, Drake London is the pick for the Washington Commanders. So uh, he will command uh, the unit there uh, for Washington uh with that all right well i'm still on the board here and yep. uh this is uh i've got i've got an enticing development for you after this pick <laughs> once we get to 14 i've got an interesting theory i want to propose to you uh, a trade proposal folks oh, boy. Uh, alert um all right but we're going to stay at 13 because this is where the texans are and again we talk about teams that are picking twice in the top 13 now it's the texans uh the jets and the giants all in that same scenario so <laughs> really six they, they will those three teams will own pretty much half of the top, uh, 13 here in this draft. So, uh, the Texans who, as we said, it can pretty much uh, take anyone you want at this point. Um, just, uh, again, to kind of play, we did go offensive line with the number three pick. So that addresses, uh, one of many needs for the Texans here. And, uh, I think for me, it's just basically, I really, I mean, I honestly think it's like, all right, whoever you want to pick at this point, um, I think is is really the way to go here. I just – I don't know. Like, you you tell me. Like, is there – aside from offensive line, I mean, there are just needs everywhere, and we said that. Like, I think it's one where I don't know where they could possibly go wrong, but I think because we went offense on the first pick, maybe we go defense here. Um, I don't know. Just kind of play around with it a little bit. And if we do that, this is where I think it's like – Man, there are so many needs for this team. Yep. And I just don't – I think that's making it hard here to sort of figure out, all right, which direction do we go in? Um, of course, it's always the Texans making this thing hard. <laughs> um, you can't have this many needs. You, this is what happens when you do. Oh, man. Um, boy, there's a lot of good players still out here on the board. And maybe, maybe I should have did a trade with this pick because I'm thinking – Goodness they have hmm. man, there are so many different options here um, it's it's
0: tough I'm you know uh the one guy i, I mentioned to you that I've seen kind of rise up at different places from Mississippi state Charles Cross yeah. could be an option here um along the offensive line, but at the same time they could just you know fall in love with another uh guy on the defensive line maybe they you know they already got I don't know man it's. Oh, yeah, I know. Like a lot like, of... You could go double up an offensive line. Like, it's like... I know, I that's what it's... I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst um, idea. Um, it's
1: like, at least you have a strength somewhere yeah. if you did that. Um, I don't think they will, though. I think... You know, but they, they're another team, too. I'm looking at these wide receivers, and I'm like, man, like, they they need to... They need playmakers. I mean, they need playmakers anywhere. So... I'm just like, gosh, there are so many options. This is like this is the hardest pick without question because I'm just like I don't know where you draw the line for the Texans. Hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's just there's a lot of options, but it's like you said, they it would make sense for them to have traded back. I'm sure in a different draft they would have loved for. There's a chance in some drafts that Kyle Hamilton falls here, and then they're like, well, we're just going to take him. Like, there it just hasn't gone. I think we've kind of started to make an effort to get some of these guys that were starting to fall in the last few picks here Um, and now it's like where do they go there's just yeah there's so many options they're they're kind of a wild card because you don't see like that mix of best player on the board slash their needs because the needs are just everything it's just they it's it's it is what it is they know that so trading back would make sense if they got the right pick but i don't know man this is a tough one for sure
1: yeah this (laughs) is a tough one i i know i'm I feel like I did this on the first Texans pick, too. This, is, this tells you where the Texans are for me. Um, think, all right. Yeah. I'm going to – I don't know if it's going to – I don't – again, I, I'm i not really sure what to expect. Because we addressed one part of the line, we're going to go to the other side of the line. Okay. And we're going to go with a beast here. And I'm going back to the SEC roots for this one. figured. Um, Jordan Davis is just an I mean this guy is like he is a specimen like I mean let's just be honest here like this guy is a monster and I feel like if you're the Texans you, you want to build from the lines out and I think if that's what the route you go here I just I think Jordan Davis is one of those guys that when you just when you just look at him and you watch him play I'm not saying he has the most well-rounded game just yet but when the guy has that kind of size and what he can do, I just find it hard to ignore a guy that's, what, 6'3", six, um, six, three, like 340, mm-hmm. um, and he is just, no, he's not 6'3", he's, he's like 6'5", or something, he's, I think, he's he? a big, um, he's, uh, yeah. six, is He's 6'6", six six, six, six six three six three okay. is six, six three forty one. three <laughs> six six There you go. 6'6", That is not going to go unnoticed when you play other teams, so... Jordan Davis. I'm going to go with him. And I I think he's a little further down for people in terms of like where they think he's going to be drafted, which I've seen it kind of be all over the place. But I think he would be a hard one to ignore if I'm the Texans and I'm and I'm wanting to build from the lines. I think that that's where I would go here.
0: I know that a lot of mocks have the Chargers taking offense alignment, but, man, I thinking about their run defense, they're probably so mad at this point at Jordan Davis <laughs> <laughs> going at 13. Yeah, if yeah. I were them, that's the one place I was a, like looking at the Chargers' point of view, I was like, oh, this guy would make so much sense. Because, yeah, he you can just plug him in there, and he's immediately going to make an impact. He's ridiculous. Obviously, the athleticism he demonstrated at the combine was something to behold. But outside of that, he's a two-gap player, another reason why perfect in Brandon Staley's defense, but also why here in the Texans I think you can just throw him in there uh, they have definitely other options that they could have taken here, but I think he makes a lot of sense for just – And think about the uh, run game too, yeah. right,
1: for the division. Think about Derrick mm-hmm. Henry, Jonathan Taylor. Very like true. These are guys – I mean, I think that's, for me, the more I think about it, I'm like that's a big incentive to take a big guy like this because you're you're defending two teams that are very run heavy in terms of – the Titans and the Colts. So that specifically, too, I think is very interesting.
0: That's a great point. You also now have a fill and fullback, if you want, along the goal line. So <laughs> a lot of things. That's, that's, a, that's a great point, though, about the division. It, it makes a lot of sense there. It's just a guy that we're talking about a team that has all these needs and needs players that can they can rely on to start day-to-day for a long period of time and uh, and slowly trying to build up a, a core. And I think he, right there in the middle of that defense, I think he definitely – fits in with any team but especially where the Texans are and and uh, that division so yeah really I think it ends up being a really solid pick there for a guy that like you said is, on some draft boards falls down a bit some, some he's higher um just kind of depends on what you think of him but I think uh for the Houston they're going to be end up being pretty happy with the player they get as as they continue to to build up this uh roster now yeah I I think between him and you took uh Keimiquanu there with the number 3 pick I yeah. think again just you mentioned like the New York teams I think the uh, the Texans here have to be really happy with the, the guys that they're starting to build around on the roster.
1: Yeah, two uh, very physical guys. I think that would be really good in those spots uh, for them. So uh, there you go. Texans, again, could have gone a lot of different directions, but uh, I think Jordan Davis is going to be one that's going to be hard to pass up mm-hmm. if they are in that spot at 13. All right, number 14. Now, Dylan, I've got a question for you. Yes. Um, I'm not trying to, like, this has become my version of the draft here. Like, this is like the <laughs> mock draft, Blake edition uh, number two, but I've seen a lot of people propose that there is one particular team that has two picks late in the first round that may want to try to move up a little bit, Um, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, And I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm curious. See, here's what we've seen, and I've seen this from several different places. When you see some of the stuff out there, I think, you know, and this to me too, I think part of this is wishful thinking at times is just knowing what you've lost and what you could gain here. Um, I think there are a lot of people who would love to see the Chiefs maybe try to fill that gap from Tyreek Hill's exit, which they did by bringing in Juju and Valdez Scantling. But I think that's sort of – we've said, like, that's more of a – I just don't see that. You know, that's that's a big difference to me uh, in terms of where – they were, right, with mm-hmm. with kind of Tyreek Hill leading the way. And I don't know if that's where a guy like, you know, whether that's a Wilson, whether that's Jameson Williams, guys like that. I, I don't see it happening. I just I, – I could – again, they do have two picks back-to-back, 29 and 30. Um, I don't know. This is an interesting one for me. I, I think the Ravens probably stay put, but I have seen a lot of people kind of look around and say, hmm, this could be a possibility. And the reason why – I just think, I don't know, like there are some guys right here that I think if the Ravens would be pretty enthralled with and they would maybe not want to jump out of the spot. But um, I think the Chiefs are at least an interesting one to think about because they do have those two picks uh, back-to-back 29-30.
0: Yeah, it's something to definitely think about for a sec here, especially because you've taken now a couple guys with the Ravens I was initially thinking about in Jordan Davis and Jermaine Johnson. So uh, kind of are eliminating some of the, the top guys that um, were kind of falling to the spot for them. And so there's one other name that I'm still really uh, considering another Bulldog, uh, Devontae Wyatt here, would make a lot of sense for what the what the Ravens need. I think if they, Jordan Davis maybe a bit more if they could have gotten him, but obviously he's gone now. So, yeah, I'm trying to look back at where, you know, kind of the end of the first round, what kind of picks are going to be there for what the Ravens need to fill in on their roster. That's my, my question is there still going to be a guy – uh, along the defensive line that fills in where they need it. I mean, they they were just really not getting uh, pressure last year. It was a huge problem. Obviously, they had all the injuries and different things, but uh, a lot of those came more in the in the secondary and other parts of the defense. I think the defensive line needs an overhaul. And I'm just thinking, uh, if are they if they trade back here, are they going to still get that kind of guy at the end of the first round? Maybe they'll still be really happy with one of the one of the names that ends up. Falling to them, but at the same time, Devontae Wyatt's still there, even if he's not the edge guy, he's still an interior lineman that is a monster as well. Maybe just because Jordan Davis is so massive, he doesn't get quite the same uh, attention um, from different... Uh, different reports and scouts and stuff but i don't know i uh, and he's an old he's an older senior um 24 years old so not one of the not one of the youngest guys coming into this draft and and wyatt but i don't know what do you think do you think the chiefs package both of those picks there is that the is that the exchange plus even like a a later rounder maybe somewhere else i'm I'm just seeing i think
1: that's where the incentive is for the chiefs it's like because you have brought you brought in two guys you brought in juju smith schuster you brought in marquez valdez Ganling. I don't remember what the contracts look like for those two, but, I mean, they weren't cheap. Um, you know, but I guess you're still looking at it as what? I mean, McCole Hardman's your number three wide receiver, right? I mean, that's probably mm-hmm. where things stand, I would think. Um, and then after that, it's pretty – I mean, it's pretty slim. So, I mean, you've got Travis Kelsey, which, of course, is basically your your number one <laughs> receiver now, if you really think about it. But um, – so so I think that's the only that to me is probably a matter of how does the board fall. Like I think that's probably what it comes down to for the Chiefs. Um because I think I think Jamison Williams to me is the one that
0: Yep. That's the one I'm thinking of too.
1: It probably would make a lot of sense. Um and I'm not saying he's the next Tyreek Hill, but yeah, I mean, let's be honest, like he's still a very I mean, I think the the injury, right, that does go back to the injury situation where I think if, if he if he finishes the season, doesn't get hurt. I mean, he's probably like a top seven pick or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on, again, who the teams are picking, but that would be the only thing, is I wonder if he was still here, if the Chiefs would make that move. I've seen that in a couple mock drafts. People think the Chiefs could trade up somewhere in this range to get him, but I, too, think that if there's the defensive lineman on the board right now, and I think if probably if Wyatt's still there, I mm-hmm. think you could you could swap Davis and Wyatt and probably be like, okay if one, if the Texans took one if the Ravens took the yeah. other I think that's probably the direction um you go in so uh that's probably my guess I think if yeah. there's a defensive lineman worth taking here I don't I don't really think the Ravens would move
0: all right opinion, I'm gonna but. keep it then so Devontae Wyatt there and you know for the Chiefs and we can obviously like we're saying Jameson Williams is the guy that came to mind immediately but I, I do wonder depending on how it all goes there's still a long way to go we still got uh, the Packers with a couple picks there and won't be surprised if they go for a receiver um, but guys like Chris Olave if they're still there for the Chiefs he is still back he, I mean he's still really fast and can fit into that kind of that kind of mold of what they what they're looking for but um, we'll see I guess yeah maybe they'll have to, to make a call at some point in the next episode about possibly trading up in the, again because uh, it really depends how the, the draft starts falling but uh, for the Ravens point of view yeah it, it, I think I just don't know if they're going to get that same caliber guy again right at the end of the first round that they could get here in Wyatt and that ultimately is why I'll keep them here but a team that isn't afraid to trade back and has and successfully has in, in the past but you know oh man uh, yeah it's a tough one and stuff but i think yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with wyatt there
1: yeah i think that makes sense um because i think he probably i mean yeah like i feel like even the eagles maybe would take wyatt at 15 um if he's there i, yep. I don't know there, there's a lot of different possibilities but yeah he's he's one i think's probably going in the top 17 uh now that i look at some of these picks so yeah, I think that's what the Ravens have to do at that point. Um, and again, if if you're sitting there with Davis and Wyatt Boat still on the board, and let's say the te- Texans were to take someone else, I mean, you're feeling even better about things. So um, so yeah, I think the Ravens are are fine right there uh, in that spot. So, um, Alright, that moves us on to uh, number 15, and that is the Eagles. Uh, this pick comes from the Dolphins. And right my next chore here uh for <laughs> the eagles this is one that's pretty interesting i think it's probably i've seen some people do wide receiver for them yeah. but i just i feel like defense is a is something though that they really probably have to address here um this, this is a tough one though i feel like the eagles are one that's um could go some different directions with this one man i keep looking at this and i'm like charles cross is still out there but i'm like they're they're probably not the one to take him Mm -hmm. so i which which i think is going to make you happy i would think at number 16 but (laughs) um and maybe i'll just do that to to leave it there um man this is a tough one so the eagles i think it's probably defense that's that's the route i'm gonna go i think they would have liked someone like a White or davis maybe Mm -hmm. um Hmm. I'm not gonna lie to you. There's another. There's another Georgia guy I love uh, near this spot. I don't think he's gonna be taken at 15, but I like Nicobe Dean. Um, but uh, I don't know if we. I don't know if we can go Georgia three in a row here. <laughs> but uh, I, I do like Nicobe Dean. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, I guess someone like Devin Lloyd is still out there. Yep.
0: He's definitely someone's fallen on ours, and
1: yeah. I mean, he's still out there. I'm trying to think of who else that maybe we have. Like I said, Cross is probably the biggest one that's fallen. Purdue has an
0: uh, edge rusher at his. Carloftis? Uh, Karlof, <laughs> yeah, I, right. I might be messing Kar- that yeah, one up, but he's definitely right. um, a pretty hyped up edge rusher yeah, guy. Yeah,
1: he's another one that's out there, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, You know. See, I think that's where the Eagles... I I do think it's defense. Um,
0: Same. They need every... You could argue most of the positions on the outside of maybe into... I mean, still would have taken wide, I think, if I were you at this spot, if he was there. But you yeah. can make the argument that they need improvements at linebacker or entire secondary and at the edge. So, yeah, it's not... Yeah, There's definitely a lot of options here.
1: I think I'm going to go... Um, I think I'm gonna go Devin Lloyd. I think he's one that to me would would make sense. Um again, have someone at linebacker that can do a some different things. Um I don't know, this is just this is one of those picks where I don't have a great feel for it because I think the the defensive lineman aspect would have made this a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Maybe at this point. And like you said, that that's nothing against Karloftis. I I think he may go a little further down. Um but I'll go I'll go with um yeah, I think David Lloyd's probably the best pick from Utah uh, here at this spot.
0: Yeah, just a rangy guy. The, the comparables constantly here throughout the season to Isaiah Simmons. I don't know if it's exactly the same kind of player, but still someone that uh, is really versatile, still uh, you can trust uh, and really does work out in the modern NFL, a guy that you can trust at the speed to defend both receivers and linebackers um here um i yeah i think he he in some drafts falls really far some he's higher than where we got him it's kind of a wild card depending on what teams think they can do with him i think he makes a lot of sense for what the eagles need i think interior linebacker one of their bigger needs and a guy like this that can kind of be so versatile and not you know play basically anywhere uh, on the defense and any diff- you can get really creative with the things you want to do with him he fills gaps well as a run defender but also just has the ability to uh, play all over him not he's definitely you know no way you're going to say hey we're going to have another second coming of Micah Parsons here another linebacker in this range back-to-back drafts it's that good I mean Parsons on a different level but there's some upside here a guy that yeah I think Utah he's such a key to what they were um, and just makes a lot of sense for a team that does need a number of things on defense and having this kind of guy in the middle of the spine of their defense I think makes a lot of sense for them moving forward.
1: You're surprised, aren't you, that I didn't go with the fact that I didn't decide to go with the Alabama trio of <laughs> having Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, and Jamison Williams. Yeah. I mean that that was hard to pass up. Um I think Jamison Williams is the one we're gonna look back on and think I think either someone's trading up for him or maybe he goes He go early at twelve to the commanders or something. Um
0: Eagles got another pick coming up, so it's like, you know, mm-hmm. did they think that yeah. The Chargers and Saints were gonna pass on Lloyd. Would well, they have kept it there? But at the same time, they might not be picking Williams either. So uh, it yeah. still might end up working out there for the Eagles.
1: Still may work. Uh we'll see. All right, that brings us sixteen. I think I know exactly where you're going here for the yeah. Saints. At sixteen, as we said, someone's been dropping down our board quite a bit, and uh to me this feels like uh the the natural landing spot for him.
0: Yeah, this is a team that still need has needs a receiver, but I think Given where they're at with Armstead leaving, obviously offensive tackle, uh, probably their biggest need. I think that they're uh, been focused on um, and, and should. And at this point, yeah, if if you had taken Cross earlier, I was looking at like Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa was a guy that's been kind of high up on some draft boards, um, but at the same time, it's like it's hard to to pass on Cross. He, I thought you know a guy that could have gone a lot higher uh some draft boards have him as a top five six player even if it's not um on their big boards even if he's not going to go that high in the draft they just see his ability this could be the the next guy we have in this kind of range we see tackles sometimes that aren't the first ones off the board they end up being the best in their classes i mean the, he's he's so technically sound the technique is ridiculous i mean he's a huge guy he's, he's the kind of guy you can envision uh, sticking along your offensive line for for years to come t- and protecting the blind side or you know, no matter where you end up putting him at uh, tackle there. So yeah, I'm going to go with Mississippi State's Charles Cross. Not a not an overly difficult pick for me. Just. this isn't like you're taking a a chance on a guy in my opinion that um where you you feel like he has a ton of upside and who knows if he hits it i think the the floor is really high for cross and the ceiling is also high sometimes we think high floor guys also don't have the highest ceilings i think this is an example of one where maybe it goes both ways and ends up being a a staple for the saints uh, for years to come
1: well things are getting interesting in 17 through 19 and that'll be uh, part of our next episode but if you've been waiting for some of these wide receivers as we said there's still three us. out there or usually like, really still, <laughs> yes these guys i really. Mean, there are still three guys on the board as we said wilson uh garrett wilson's still there jameson williams there chris Olave still there all three of these guys i think could go 17 through 19 now, Burks, I'm have Bur- maybe even in that yeah, range like, listen i've got chargers at 17 <laughs> i've got saints at 19 you've got eagles at 18 I think there's a possible scenario here where we could see three wide receivers go back to back to back in this one. Um, Because all three of those teams would love, I think, to have a wide receiver. It's just Mm -hmm. we'll see where it falls. Um, There you go. Chiefs better get
0: busy if they want to trade
1: (laughs) up. Listen, Chiefs still got a pick. They can move up here, uh, package a couple picks, move up. Um, I think, listen, if this is the way the board plays to this point, I think there's absolutely a scenario where the Chiefs are – Doing everything they can to move up. Now, I don't think they're going to make the move with the Chargers, um, but I think they're going to find a way to move up here if this is the way it's played out. And you still have those three guys, and like you said, there's even a, a fourth in there, um, wide receivers available. Mm-hmm. Man, I think that's going to be very enticing uh, for one of those teams. So, well, there you go. Uh, there was, um, and, and we still got we still got a quarterback out there too, that or, or, you know could still possibly. <laughs> in there we got two quarterbacks actually yeah. i think people think that are probably going to go somewhere it's just i don't know where they go right now i'm looking down the board so um there you have it there is a part two of our nfl mock draft for the 2022 uh draft uh right around the corner now dylan and uh got everything covered at clutch points lots of stuff going on over there of course uh, nba playoffs baseball all of that as well I'll let everybody know where they can find all of that.
0: You can follow all baseball and NBA playoff uh, games in the Clutch Points app. A lot of good stuff going on there. But in terms of football, yeah, tons of draft coverage. Uh, just go search NFL Draft on the website to get all of our draft coverage. Even the NFL section itself is pretty much dominated by our draft content right now, looking at the top uh, picks for all these teams in the first round, uh, best fits for certain players where they'd like to end up and where they could end up based on their – or where their kind of draft stock is at this point. So yeah, tons of coverage, any news update, anytime we hear anything about a rumor of any player possibly going to this team, even the simplest things the meetings, it's all, it's all ridiculous season right now in terms of the speculations, but it's a lot of fun here. Only what? 10, 10 days out basically from the draft, really sneaking up on us, excited to see what happens with potentially, I, I don't know if this is still happening. I don't know if you saw about there being little boats bringing the little little dollies, bringing the players up, yes. up to the stage all there in, in Vegas. In the uh, So, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. But, yeah, tons of coverage on, on clutch points in the NFL section, and we'll have the NFL draft uh, special section coming up there that should be on the homepage pretty soon also as well.
1: Yep, be sure to check all that out And uh, as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast Any podcast app you have to use Search for Stab to Pass And uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast And we'll talk to you next time Here on the Stab to Pass Podcast Woo!